In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. Donald Trump has been indicted in Atlanta. We have so many court dockets to follow, but we haven't really seen anything yet. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has covered every moment of this historic case. I've been writing about this investigation for two and a half years. Our team is led by reporters Bill Rankin and Tamar Hallerman. Follow our coverage on AJC.com and listen to new in-depth episodes of the award-winning podcast, Breakdown, The Trump Indictment, only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. The AJC poll shows Brian Kemp is up big. Welcome to Politically Georgia for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, the podcast we want you to depend on for the most on-the-ground coverage of the 2022 election. I'm your host, Greg Bluestein, along with your other host, Patricia Murphy, and we are two of the political insiders here at the AJC. A reminder, if you're just listening to us for the first time, well, first, thanks for listening, and second, please follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a review. This episode is all about our AJC spring poll. We're going to discuss where the candidates stand and how voters feel about the security of this election. First off, let's bring in Patricia Murphy, who is taping this from her car, much like I was the last two episodes we did while I was on the road. Now Patricia's on the road. Patricia, where are you? Greg, I'm in the beautiful 14th Congressional District, which is Marjorie Taylor Greene's district Um, in Rome. I'm on Broad Street in Rome. And um, yes, I feel like if you can do it from your front seat, I can do that from my front seat. So here I am. Well, I would be in beautiful Perry, Georgia right now, if not for the fact that I am emceeing a Jewish fundraiser tonight. So I'm I'm, I'm coming to you from Oh, home. you can't say no to that. Can't say no to that after all they've done for me over my... Um, over my college career, this is Hillel's of Georgia, a very worthy cause. But let's get to our poll. Uh, just this week, the AJC uh, released a poll that it commissioned through the University of Georgia's School of Public and International Affairs, of which I am a proud graduate. And I'll say that um, since we've had this partnership with UGA, we've we've been very pleased with the uh, the accuracy of their polls. And this poll, I should just preview, um, reflects the internal polls we're seeing from uh, the Republican camps around Georgia. So these these numbers are, are are believed to be very accurate. Who knows what the election will, the results will look like May 24th. This is a snapshot, but we believe this is a very accurate snapshot of where things stand today. And the biggest headline, Patricia, is the fact that Governor Brian Kemp is above the 50% threshold. He is aiming for a knockout blow against former Senator David Perdue. This was a race that we all thought was doomed, headed towards a runoff, a June runoff, um, right when David Perdue got in the race because of all the candidates in the contest and because of how close it looked like. Well, right now, at least, Governor Kemp is in an enviable position at 53%, David Perdue 27%-ish in this poll. Um, Not where David Perdue wants to be and exactly where Governor Kemp hopes to be right now. Right. It also shows 
a trend for David Perdue to be falling a little bit in these polls. We have seen him up to 40 percent in some statewide polls. And for him to be down around uh, 26, 27 percent is certainly not the direction that he'd want to be going in. Um, But for Kemp to have a 26 point lead over David Perdue is just so far from, I think, where anyone really expected this race to be. Donald Trump's endorsement seemed so potent. Brian Kemp, the word that's most used with him over the last year is embattled, the embattled GOP governor under this absolute ferocious assault by Donald Trump, who is still the most popular Republican in Georgia, it has to be said, according to this poll and many others. Um, So Kemp has really been in this dogfight with Donald Trump. But so far, he has had a really durable appeal among GOP voters. Um, Obviously, a Republican governor would love to be higher than 53 percent with their own GOP base in a primary. Um, But if he can clear that 50 percent threshold in May, that is just the best case scenario for him. And I think it hits the reset button with some of those other GOP voters. Stacey Abrams is the real prize in this uh, race for Republicans. And so if, if Kim can get through this thing without a um, without a runoff, that would be a huge victory for him, even if it's just by a single vote. Yeah, I won't be surprised to hear him sort of um, sharpen that message saying, hey, if I can win this with a knockout blow. Republicans can focus more on Abrams and less on this internal division. But first, he's got to get through some more debates um, and and about about four more weeks of campaigning. Early voting, though, starts in just a few days. And then, of course, we're off to the races. Um, if you're the governor, you've got to be very pleased by this poll, um, not just the top lines. But if you look closer, the governor dominated David Perdue in almost every category of voters polled by the AJC. Um, he Perdue fared best with lower income voters but he still trailed Kemp significantly. And Purdue only outpolled Kemp among likely GOP voters who said a Trump endorsement would make them more likely to vote for a candidate. He led Brian Kemp in that category 55 to 30. But look, I mean, overall, and we we, we led the jolt with this um, earlier this week, overall, a majority of respondents said Trump's blessing made no difference or made them even less likely to back a contender. So this kind of goes to the other big question. How much does Trump support even matter in this race. David Perdue made the bet back in December that it would be the biggest prize of this entire election cycle. We're not so sure right now sitting here that Donald Trump's endorsement matters so much. We'll see. But right now, it doesn't look like it's uh, it's that golden ticket it used to be. Yeah, I also think the issue set is really important for these GOP voters. Brian Kemp, uh, when you look at how he has conducted himself during the legislative session, he focused enormous amounts of time on the economy, tax cuts. He talked quite a bit about inflation, doing the gas tax holiday. Um, He has talked a lot about and got a big bill passed for Second Amendment proponents, um, that constitutional carry, permitless carry. When you start to dig into the issue set in this poll that uh, Republican voters said they really care about, um, the very top issue is the economy and inflation. Number two is crime. Um, Crime was probably, I would have to say that was probably Kemp's second biggest focus. Um, Right after that is Second Amendment. Um, All the way down, well, not all the way down, but, you know, pretty far down the the list is election integrity. That doesn't mean it's not important to GOP voters, but it's not the most important to GOP voters right now in this environment. And that has been David Perdue's number one issue 
tippy top yep. at the very beginning of that debate. He said, let me make something very clear. This election uh, in 2020 was rigged and stolen. Well, that's not enough right now for these GOP voters. He hasn't done enough to contrast himself on the big beefy issues with Kemp and on the issue that, uh, you know, voters care about uh, election integrity, but it's not the top one. And I think that these results show that as well. And either Dave or Purdue's internal polls show something different, that, that, that the electoral security is, is, is still at the top of minds of Republican voters, or he's just sticking to the strategy. Because as we talked about in our special edition of the Politically Georgia podcast, um, that, is, that was what Dave or Purdue led off the Sunday night debate at Channel 2 Action News. Um, with the, the lies about the election being um, rigged and stolen. And that has continued to be not the only message, of course, but one of the centerpieces, one of, one of his main focal points in this campaign. Whereas the governor, let's listen to some audio of the governor. Uh, the governor is focused on, on, on something else. It's been an honor to be serving as your 83rd governor. And every day that I've been in office, I've been putting hard work in Georgia's first, ahead of the status quo and the politically correct. And I'm going to continue to do that tonight or, or, or the rest of my uh, tenure here. And Patricia, let's listen to also Senator Purdue, um, who uh, I'll let him use his words rather than me trying to paraphrase it. This is a critical uh, election. What you heard tonight was a weak governor trying to cover up a bad record. Crime is out of control. Our kids are being indoctrinated. They stole the election. Again, the election wasn't stolen. Um, I think, to me, one of the biggest surprises of this poll was that more Georgia Republican voters are, are either very or somewhat confident the election in November will be fair. Um, roughly one quarter of GOP voters said they're not confident, and 13% said they're not confident at all. But 18% said they're very confident, and 42% said they're somewhat confident. That contrasts with an AJC poll in January that found that a, 74% of Republican voters believe there is widespread fraud, and B, more than half doubted the integrity of the upcoming elections. So uh, it might have been the controversial voting law signed by Kemp last year. It might have been just um, an overall um, uh, exhaustion with, with all these false claims of, of voter fraud that they're starting to wear thin among some Republican voters. Um, I talked to many respondents of the AJC poll who, who said both, who said they, they felt more secure in this voting law, but also um, they just didn't believe that that state officials who had signed off on the election um, were, were involved in some sort of nefarious plot to undermine Donald Trump. I mean, they were saying, hey, why would Republicans do that? Um, so it's starting to wear thin. And among some voters, at least, we just, we'll just have to see if, if David Perdue's strategy ends up becoming he, like he becomes the comeback kid <laughs> of this election because he's <laughs> got anything he's got can a, happen. Yeah, because right now, um, like he doesn't, of course, he's at what, 27 on our poll. He doesn't have to get to 47. He just has to keep Governor Kemp under 50. But with um, three other challenges who's, who are polling at, at basically nothing, right? At single digits within the margin of error. Um, it ain't easy. It will not be easy. And not that many voters are undecided. They've been subjected to, to six months plus of this campaign, plus months of of speculation about whether David Perdue would run or not. So people's minds are, are, are quickly being made up. 
Yeah, but it's interesting. I mean, to your point, um, he just needs a three-point swing, David Perdue. He doesn't need to win this thing outright um, in four weeks. He just needs to keep Kemp underneath that crucial 50% threshold, and then he can sort of reorganize and reset and figure out where he goes from here. Um, For this poll to have Kemp up over 50%, that's crucial, but it's not uh, predictive. It just says where things are right now. And as we all know, a great deal can happen in Georgia politics between, uh, well, today and tomorrow morning, uh, let alone today and Election Day. As we've always said on this podcast and elsewhere, don't ever count David Perdue out. It is, uh, it's just not something we, we are doing. Um, but right now, the dynamic is working in Governor Kemp's favor. Um, we, Patricia, I should say you, caught up with David Perdue and Buckhead. He was asked if he will stump for Kemp if he's the nominee. Here's what he said. I'm going to make damn sure, no matter who's running, Stacey Abrams is not the next governor. You'll stump for Brian Kemp if he wins the nomination? Absolutely. So he said that before, but he's saying it again, even after as testy, as fiery, as bitter as that debate was Sunday, and surely the next couple of debates are going to be, um, Patricia, he is committing to backing Governor Kemp. I'm not sure if Governor Kemp will, will gleefully hit the campaign trail with David Perdue. There was real animosity oozing from them. I think that was your word from it last debate. <laughs> so I don't know how joyous they will be about um, uh, you know, re- reuniting on the campaign trail. Whoever wins, I can imagine like unity rally and that kind of being it. Um, but you know, either way, y- you at least have um, David Perdue on the record saying he's not going to try to undermine Brian Kemp. Yes, I mean it's hard to imagine these two men after Sunday night, um, a month from now, um, you know, grasping hands and then doing sort of like the classic victory, you know, victory over the head um, situation where that I usually fe- that usually see at a unity event. Um, that's just hard to believe right now. But um, Eric Tannenblatt, who is a well-known uh, Republican, longtime Republican here in the state, tells me just about every election cycle that Republicans come home. Um, I talked to him during at the height of the 2016 election um, after Donald Trump had insulted literally every Republican um, that he ran against, including most of their parents and spouses. And he said, look, Republicans are always going to come home. These people will unite back together. Um, And that mostly happened. And um, I think that when you put a Governor Stacey Abrams on the other side of a ticket from any Republican running against her, Republican voters are going to turn out to vote against her. And then what happens with those independent voters, these, that shrinking pool of independent voters here in Georgia, what happens with them, we'll have to see. Um, but I think as long as David Perdue is not out there actively campaigning against Brian Kemp, that will help a lot to keep um, to keep a repeat scenario from occurring where GOP voters just simply stay home instead of coming out for this governor. I'll be most interested to see what Donald Trump does with this situation. And we don't know if Kemp's going to win, but if he does, win that primary, what in the world does Donald Trump do? Yeah, it's hard to imagine Donald Trump, you know, flipping and saying, you know what, I really like this Kemp guy all along. I was just, you know, he'll he'll still... Just kidding. Yeah, just kidding. He ain't going to do that. He's going to continue to insult um, Governor Kemp, if he's the nominee, but the question is, what level of animosity does does he come to Georgia and have a rally and, and insult Kemp, um, or does he just continue with the emails that that very few people see? You know, we reporters see them, but how many people in our neighborhoods actually see those types of emails? This is Political Georgia from the Atlanta Journal Constitution. Hip hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song. 
and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-Hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. Our journalists at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution are working around the clock to keep you updated on all the developments surrounding the Trump indictment. Now the AJC is putting all of our coverage in one place with our new Trump 19 newsletter. Every Wednesday, you'll have our latest coverage and analysis on this historic case in your inbox. So sign up for free today at AJC.com slash indictment newsletter. That's all one word. AJC.com slash indictment newsletter. And we're back to Politically Georgia from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I'm your host, Greg Bluestein, along with your other host, Patricia Murphy, and we are two of the three morning jolt political insiders at the AJC, along with our Washington correspondent, Tia Mitchell. Patricia, we have so much for, for the next jolt, including another internal poll that I've got my hands on that gives a glimpse of the Republican strategy moving ahead. So we'll see. Has a lot of uh, Senate juicy details in the general election between um, between the topic we're about to talk about next, between Herschel Walker, the likely GOP nominee, and Democrat Senator Raphael Warnock. Um, before we get into that, though, we want to tell you something very important. We think the Morning Jolt newsletter sets the stakes and the agenda in Georgia politics, and you can get it in your inbox every morning if you're a subscriber to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. You can join the community now by going to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcasts and your first month of unlimited digital access is just 99 cents. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash podcasts so you always know what's really going on. Patricia, who is still in her car, I've sent that link to so many people today who who got paywalled out of our poll and wanted to see the, a glimpse of it. And I said, hey, it's really easy. 99 cents. All you have to do is subscribe. All you've got to do. What a deal. <laughs> That's 99 cents you're going to spend. Exactly. Even if it's just to see the poll and then we hook you in with all of our other political coverage and brains. And then you forget to unsubscribe like I do from every streaming service in America. <laughs> you're the one who's still on Kubu, um, whatever it's called. <laughs> <laughs> Can we put a CNN Plus joke um, in here now? Yeah, I know. Is, oh, it, is it too soon? It's too soon. No, but no one would ever unsubscribe from the AJC because it keeps getting better, just like Georgia politics. There you go. Well, speaking of um, the rest of our poll, and look, the other big headline was not a huge shock, um, but it's still significant. It's that Herschel Walker is just head and shoulders above his Republican rivals. He is at 66% of the vote. Um, his closest competitor Agriculture Commissioner Gary Black was at just seven. And the rest of these candidates we've been talking about for so long, um, uh, Kelvin King, Latham Sadler, uh, two others who were in the race, who got in the race later, um, they're at statistically insignificant numbers. They're within the margin of error. They're under 3%, essentially. Um, So that just shows you Herschel Walker's strength. And guys, you know, just as a reminder, this is not an outlier. This is not like, hey, this is the only poll where he's at. Most of the public polls we've seen have put him in the 60s or even 70s. There's one poll that put him at 58. Um, but right now, we can say that might be the outlier. We're not saying the race might not tighten, but geez, uh, <laughs> this this validates, Patricia, this validates Herschel Walker's strategy 
of ignoring his rivals and just focusing on the, the November election. As much as we might hate it, that he's not participating in debates and he's not going to doing town halls with mainstream media and all that. He is he is focused on Raphael Warnock. Oh, 100%. Now, I do think that he should be answering reporters' questions. I don't think that would really yep. uh, give a big leg up to his rivals, although it might. Um, but by not doing debates with these other Republicans, these are people who have never been seen statewide on statewide TV for the most part. Um, they are unknown names. They started unknown a year ago, except for Gary Black, who has run statewide three times. But obviously, that's even his name ID is uh, below um, 60% in the state where he has won statewide three times. Um, these candidates are largely unknown to most Republican voters. So had Herschel Walker done a debate with these guys, if any one of the four of them, maybe there are even five at this point, um, if any one of that group had had a breakout moment, had had a viral moment, that would have changed the situation instantly. And what these other candidates need is exposure. Like they just need oxygen. Um, one of them, Latham Sadler, has raised more than three and a half million dollars. Um, he is starting to spend that statewide on TV. Um, his campaign believes that as they do this statewide t- this uh, statewide ad buy, they will start to see his numbers um, go up significantly. But this is a rather late point in the race to be hoping for that. Yeah. Um, he's got quite a bit left in the bank, but he's going to need to spend that quickly to get his name ID up quickly. And then people can start to evaluate him. Um, I was uh, at a Latham Sadler event yesterday in Atlanta. His his message was incredibly well received. It was about 100 people. I was told 100 people would be at this event. I actually did not believe it because yeah. who gets 100 people on a Monday afternoon? <laughs> And, you know, for just a meet and greet, not that many people. And I I mean, the, the line for parking just kept going and I had to get actually a ride on a golf cart because it was such a long uh, line of cars uh, that parked for this event. Um, once I got my golf cart ride up to the event, this place was packed. It was literally standing room only. Uh, people sort of leaning through the doorways to try and strain to hear what he had to say. A, a lot of nodding heads. A lot of people liked his message. It's very... Uh, heavy on national security. It's very serious. It's very responsible. It's very conservative. It's what these voters want to hear. But at the end, one uh, one man raised his hand and said, hey, listen, my my friends don't know you who you are. They've never heard of you. Do you need more money? <laughs> like He wanted to write him a check to give him more money to go up on statewide sooner and wider. So they just need oxygen to run against Herschel Walker, and he's deprived them of that by by uh, executing this uh, this strategy of uh, keeping and by being, keeping them off the TV with him. And as a, and by just being Herschel Walker, be, yeah. be, having you know universal name recognition before he even thought about running for for election. Um, and Patricia, our poll shows uh, speaks to that strategy that you were just talking about. I mean, it speaks to the challenges ahead for Latham Sadler and Gary Black. The poll showed that only 27% of likely GOP voters had a positive view of, of Gary Black. It's not because they had this overwhelming negative view of him either, while only 9% had a negative view of him. But two-thirds of voters didn't know enough about Black to even have an opinion. Uh, and again, that's someone who served three terms in statewide office. He served 12 years in statewide offices run in multiple statewide uh, uh, primaries and uh, general elections has gotten a tremendous millions of votes over his career and um, still to be here right now with 
It's two thirds of the Republican likely electorate in the primary who have no idea who you are or don't know enough to even try to answer the question is not where you want to be. Latham Sadler uh, was even worse off. And we don't have numbers for Kelvin King because we didn't poll him. We could, we could only poll a limited number of people. But Latham Sadler, only 10% of likely Republican voters had a favorable view of him. Only about 10% had an unfavorable view. And the rest, about 80%, didn't know enough to have an opinion. So without that money from either of those campaigns, and they've been raising some, as you mentioned, Latham's raised uh, you know, more than $3 million, But you're going up against someone with universal name recognition, with Donald Trump's endorsement, with Mitch McConnell's endorsement, um, and and who's also raised even more. And Herschel Walker now is about to go on TV, um, not because he's worried about his Republican rivals. It's because he's positioning himself for November right now. Um, and he's about to buy, uh, he, there's an early ins- installation of about $500,000 worth of ads, but it's about to grow to at least a million dollars. Um, so we're going to start seeing a lot more Herschel Walker ads um, probably positioning himself against uh, Raphael Warnock. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm guessing that's the way it's going. Yep. He um, has the absolute luxury to just skip ahead to the general election. Um, and once he's up on the air, you can just imagine what that's going to do. Also, because he is Herschel Walker, he has both this this really enviable non-political appeal um, among Georgians I've talked to about him. They feel like they know him. Uh, although he's not lived him for 30 years, they feel like they trust him. Um, they also don't have a lot of information about him, and that will change. So I don't know if this is a durable appeal for Herschel Walker because he has not run, frankly, a real campaign. He's not nobody's kicked the tires on this candidacy other than people already inclined to like him. Um, but he is able to get a running start and inoculate himself with a lot of positive ads. Um, and uh, frankly, what uh, Raphael Warnock has been able to do and was able to do in the last election um, without having strong primary opposition, these uh, these guys can position themselves right away for a November general election. Um, and that's a very different campaign that he would have had to have run if he had, had if he had really been in a dogfight with another Republican. Yeah, you've called it this velvet rope um, campaign, and um, that he's 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 been running. And look, as you mentioned, it's not for lack of um, trying from the media, but also from his opponents. They're they're raising what they feel are legitimate concerns. They say this shouldn't be an autograph tour. This shouldn't be a coronation. Um, this should be a, a real campaign um, to to vet and to hash out issues that will come up certainly um, ahead of the November election, whether it be his uh, violent, uh, erratic behavior in the past particularly against women, overstating his academic credentials, overstating his business credentials, bizarre statements he's made on the campaign trail, um, just the number of things that have come up, let alone just the stances he has on on key issues like immigration, um, like on infrastructure, um, you know, uh, cultural issues, issues that that are going to get a major hearing um, from now until, from May until November that we just still don't really have him on. Um, I want to go down the ticket too, because beyond the Senate race. We also polled um, two other statewide contests. The first was Lieutenant Governor. Um, State Senator Burt Jones led GOP leader in the Senate, Butch Miller, 27 to 14, though more than half of likely GOP voters remain undecided. Other contenders in that race were in the single digits. That's widely believed to be headed towards a runoff. We'll see. Um, Jones, of course, won Donald Trump's endorsement, and he outdid Miller among wealthier and older Republican voters, while Miller fared better among voters who considered themselves independents and moderate. 
But Patricia, the, the, the other race was the one that really caught my eye because, you know, people, including probably me, were internally counting Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger out a year ago. You know, he was the pariah. Even mainstream Republicans were trying to avoid him. Um, it looked like whoever Donald Trump picked to uh, oppose him would end up winning. And at the time, it was Congressman Jody Heiss. Well, Heiss's campaign hasn't really gotten off the gate very strongly. Um, he's popular in Northeast Georgia, where he represented, but but I you barely hear about him in Metro Atlanta, and that's my job is to hear about people like Gary, like Jody Heiss, right? <laughs> you know, his campaign's not. Um, you know, they're doing grassroots events certainly, which is important, but they're not active on a statewide level to the degree that you see other campaigns. And they're going up against, even though even even though you know he is the top target of of Donald Trump, they're going up against a an incumbent who's had four years to prepare for this. And our poll showed Raffensperger at 28, Heiss at 26, so within the margin of error. And um, the rest of the challenges were single digits and 37% undecided. So this is going to be headed potentially to a very interesting runoff as well. Oh, this is, I think, the most interesting result from this uh, poll because I think we have largely assumed it really looked like Brad Raffensperger was committing career suicide. He was basically taking his um, taking his position on the election and throwing caution to the wind. And other Republicans in the state, uh, particularly uh, Jeff Duncan, Lieutenant Governor Jeff Duncan, have decided, listen, I will I will take this stand in the elections and then I'm out. I, I'm not here for reelection. Um, it looked like a fool's errand, quite frankly. Um, the amount mm-hmm. of antipathy for Raffensperger was different than that of Brian Kemp. Brian Kemp had really been more um, more integrated in the Republican, um, sort of the Republican ecosystem here in Georgia. Um, Raffensperger, a lot less so. And um, when you, a lot of Republicans came out to support Brian Kemp, but Brad Raffensperger has really been a man in the woods, pretty much. Republicans have not rallied around him. They have not come to his side. and when I did a profile of him, uh, really at the height of the recount, I uh, reached out to Republicans to um, to who would say things in support of him because I had plenty on the record who were saying things um, to trash him, including Donald Trump. I could not get one Republican on the record to say anything supportive. Even they would wow. say, "Oh, listen, I, I listen. I think he's." a nice guy. I feel bad for him. It's a tough situation. What are you going to do? Would not go on the record to just say, I like Brad Raffensperger. These are Republicans. Um, However, in this poll, he is very much alive for re-election. He's tied with Jody Heiss, um, which, you know, he'd rather be winning and really running away with this thing. But the fact that he's tied with the guy... Yeah, this is not the doomsday scenario that we were promised from Donald Trump when he said from the stage he was going to come after Brad Raffensperger, run a pro-Trump Republican against him and make him unemployed the next time around. So um, when Raffensperger said he was running for election, people were surprised. People in the Capitol were surprised. Did They didn't think he would do it. They didn't think he could win. And here he is um, putting up a really strong showing against Jody Heiss. And um, with this large number of undecideds, uh, I, it'll just be fascinating to see how this breaks. Donald Trump has done him the huge favor of raising his name ID to just about 1 million percent. So you can't not know who Brad Raffensperger is or what he's done. And uh, for the independents, uh, independent voters who pull a Republican ticket in the primary, um, there will even be a handful of Democrats who pull a Republican ticket for the primary. Um, that could make a difference. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, and when you say his name recognition statewide is well known, nationally it is too. I mean, he's a household name just for- Internationally, yeah, for sure. for that call. Um, and when we polled his approval ratings among likely Republican voters, it was interesting. Um, uh, voters were fairly split. About one third of likely GOP voters view him favorably, one third unfavorably, and about one third are undecided. So the folks are split. But among when you ask the same question about Heist, about one third um, have a favorable view of him. Only 9% have an unfavorable view, so that's working to his advantage. But more than half, 54%, have no opinion or did not answer the question. So um, speaks to the challenge that we were just sort of uh, suggesting earlier, which is he hasn't raised a lot of money. Um, he hasn't gotten his name out there, especially in Metro Atlanta. So there are fewer people who even know who he is, and that's the challenge. Um, you know, if he could have if he could have signs everywhere that say Trump Heist, you know that would do him. That would probably that would probably uh, put him in a pretty good situation. But um, so few people still know that he's the Trump back candidate, or even who the guy is, um, because they're not paying attention as closely as me and you are paid to to these sorts of races. Yeah, and even though he's been an elected official in Georgia for some time, he's been outside of the metro Atlanta area where the big population center is, um, and he so he's not on he's not been on Atlanta TV uh, the way some other uh, Atlanta based uh, members of Congress have been. So he doesn't have that just that people yeah. as you said just don't know who he is. Also, his issue set is a lot like David Perdue's. It's one issue right now, and it's the 2020 elections, and so um, he has uh, done very little to broaden that. Uh, for your average bear who's going to be voting in these elections. Other than that, the Secretary of State's office actually does have quite a few responsibilities. When Brad Raffensperger was running the first time around, he talked quite a bit about the licensing process. He is real nerdy. <laughs> so he talked a lot about the licensing process. He had come um, out of a really successful career in the private sector um, as a contractor and talked about how difficult it is to get licensed in Georgia, to stay licensed in Georgia. Um, uh, Georgians have a lot of interaction with the Secretary of State's office that they don't have with most statewide officials. And so uh, he has uh, had that uh, issue set out there for more than four years also. So um, that could be working in his favor as well. As the Gary Black conundrum, the senior Republican elected official who's been in office for years, who very few people in Atlanta and Metro Atlanta have heard of. And, um, you know, it's not it's not because they're not doing a job and trying to get their message out. It's because it takes a lot of money and it takes it takes a lot of free media attention, too. And and Jody Heiss being in up in the Athens area hasn't gotten as nearly as much Metro Atlanta attention. And Gary Black, by dint of his job, which is agriculture commissioner, means, of course, it's very important. And agriculture is Georgia's number one industry. But, you know, there, there are voters in Atlanta who are not nearly as in tune with agricultural issues as voters in South Georgia and other sp more sparsely populated parts of the state. Well, if you missed our special edition of the Politically Georgia podcast, last Monday, we recapped the first gubernatorial debate. You can hear it on AJC.com slash podcasts. Of course, if you subscribe to Politically Georgia on your favorite podcast app, you'll never miss an episode as Patricia and I bring you the most on-the-ground coverage of the 2022 election every Wednesday and every Friday, even from our cars. We will see you next time on Politically Georgia from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I'm Ernie Suggs, race and culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And I'm Ned Ravone, lifestyle columnist. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. 
I've been living here for 24 years and I am still amazed at how rich the city's black culture continues to grow. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. Like historically Black colleges and universities. Atlanta's thriving art scene. And the city's growing neighborhoods. Wherever you live, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what issues are important to you. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Constitution.